Hello and welcome to the Action Coach Bolton Business Extra podcast. I'm absolutely delighted to uh, be joined today by Mr. Aaron Calvert. Aaron is not only a doctor, he's a hypnotist, a mind reader, um, the owner of a production company and um, all-round good guy. I've seen you on stage, Aaron, so welcome today. It's great to have you with us. Thanks for having me on and uh, what, what a welcome. Aaron, it's it's great to have you. This is all about business in the Northwest area. We're, we're inviting a range of different business owners onto the programme. As I said before, I've seen you live on stage at our Lancashire Day quite recently. You were absolutely phenomenal. Loved watching Thank you. you there. I'm sure all of our listeners will be really interested to know, how does somebody get into being a stage hypnotist? Well, yeah, that is the kind of billion dollar question. I guess for me, it started uh, when I was quite sort of young. I was originally into magic. Uh, that's where it all started for me. Um, Love the, the whole element of being on stage, of bringing people this amazing experience that you couldn't get anywhere else. And so it started with magic at around about eight and around about 11, 12, I fell out of love with it uh, just because I think the secrets behind it were always, they always felt like a bit of a cheat. And so I felt let down by it. And it, it's taken me a long time to realize that actually it was uh, the the secret that was there actually resulted in the end experience for someone else watching it. So although it wasn't the same for me because I knew that secret, it was very much the same for the people I was performing it for. And that was the sort of the, the feeling and the experience I was bringing to them. But uh, that came much later in life when I was a little bit more educated. Uh, but yeah, around about 15, 16, I found um, hypnosis. I saw a stage hypnotist and I realized that was much more kind of what I wanted to do. I'd always found magic a bit tricky because uh, I didn't have particularly massive hands. And so doing sleight of hand was quite tricky. So um, <laughs> yeah, I definitely found hypnosis, the idea of being able to use your voice to be able to create this whole amazing experience, both in the minds of participants and for the people out in the audience watching. That was just fascinating what you could do with your voice. And so I started to go down that kind of route of exploring mind reading and hypnosis in the, in the entertainment form at first. And of course, I think, you know, my parents were quite traditional, so that wasn't really a career choice for me. They were like, great, so what are you going to do? You know, being a magician or a performer, that, that that's not really a living. That is just, you know, a hobby as a kid. So uh, I did the next best thing, which was medicine, obviously. Um, I was uh, very academic in school. I was good with people. And kind of if you were good at science at my school, uh, which was Urmson Grammar in Manchester, you kind of went to do medicine or law and medicine sung out more to me. So that's what I went to do. I went to study medicine at the University of Nottingham. And whilst I was there, I decided to continue the pursuit of hypnosis. And now I had an audience of 10,000 people that would want to come and see shows. So that's what I did. I started putting on shows for students. So what was it like the first time when you started um, learning hypnosis, the first time that you realized that you'd actually hypnotized somebody and had some level of, of influence over them? Yeah, so I would say it did feel like influence back then. I think my view on it has definitely changed now, particularly with kind of, um, with particularly the hypnotherapy work I do as opposed to the stage hypnosis. It's not so much influence, it is a shared journey, and I'm sort of facilitating that kind of experience. But back then, it definitely felt like this moment of influence. Like I was able to get these people to genuinely do anything I wanted. (laughs) 
And I'll be absolutely honest, I'd done a lot of work on it and I tried and failed to hypnotise people a lot of times. And generally that was friends and family who were like, yeah, go on then, give it a go. Um, You know, not really expecting it to work in the first place. And I was actually in America in New York working on an arts camp. And some of the fellow counsellors, the fellow fellow workers, found out that I was into hypnosis. Like, oh, can you do hypnosis? I was like, yep, of course I can. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Oh, why why... why don't you put on a show? And I was like, yeah, could do. Fake, fake it till you make it. Yeah, that'd be brilliant. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, I was like, yeah, you know what? Either way, it's going to be hilarious. It's going to go completely wrong and it'll be a funny story or it'll go perfectly well and it'll still be hilarious. So I got up on stage that night uh, to 35 people in the audience and hypnotized five of them. And wow. Yeah, from that moment onwards, I just basically put into practice everything that I'd learned, everything that I'd researched, everything that I'd been practicing over that time into action and found that, you know, it did work um, and proceeded to try and get more and more outrageous with the suggestions at that point, taking things from the audience, you know, and it was a real eye-opening moment for me because you could start with these really basic ones like, you know, you won't remember your name and you won't be able to count to six and things like that. And very quickly... I was able to learn how to structure suggestions to produce much bigger effects. So, um, uh, you know, I had people completely transforming from, uh, you know, I had this six foot eight American uh, football player. Uh, I had him believe that he was a woman and they just found (laughs) out he's pregnant. And uh, yeah, his whole persona, his whole body language changed. He went from being very muscular and very strong as an individual to being quite uh, you know, he crossed his legs, he Kate, he sort of sat back, very feminine. Yeah. And, um, you know, when we got talking about his pregnancy, it was unexpected for him, apparently. So uh, he burst into tears. You know, this is oh, a dear. giant man and suddenly had this genuine emotional impact on him. And that really highlighted the power to me Yeah, that actually you're not just sort of creating this whole scenario that is changing or altering someone's reality for that moment. It actually can have a massive impact on them. So at that point, I kind of strayed away from things like that in the comedy sense where it was, you know, doing something for a comedic value because it genuinely had an impact on people's lives. So so was that the point where you decided that hypnotherapy was something that you could use to positively... So that came a little later on. That came actually uh, partway through med school. So uh, in my third year, I actually did clinical hypnotherapy as part of my degree. It was an optional extra module that I took um, and I was able to do... Um, basically study with a clinical hypnotherapist and pass exams to pass my sort of qualifications in that. And then I started offering that out. But that was kind of like my third year. Uh, In my first couple of years, though, from that sort of moment onwards, I started to transform how I performed hypnosis on stage. I didn't want to be that comedy, you know, classic hypnotist of, you know, I'll shake every time you shake my hand, you're going to have an orgasm, whatever that is. You know, that's that's just not my style, you know. Um, uh, But... So instead, what I wanted to do was was take this incredible skill and use it for something transformational and something powerful on stage. So, you know, I came along and taught people on stage how to read someone else's mind. So rather than me reading someone's mind on stage, it was all about them in that moment. How could they create this amazing moment for themselves and for the audience? And it always gets a bigger reaction in the show than me reading minds. You know, me reading minds, that's great. All looks good. But when someone else does it, all of a sudden it elevates it and it becomes about the audience. Um, I've had people on stage where I've taken away their fears and used that fear 
uh, to instill a strength and have had them bend steel nails on stage with, with, with that strength. And so it became much more about empowering individuals as opposed to just embarrassing them on stage. And then obviously the hypnotherapy came in and very, the, although sort of stage hypnotists and clinical therapists are kind of very separate, actually the sort of, the, the theory behind it is very similar. And so I kind of merge my, my both, both of my approaches from stage and clinical hypnotherapy to create a hybrid that I now do on stage and in uh, clinical hypnotherapy as well. Now, obviously, you're not bending nails in hypnotherapy, but uh, it, certainly the techniques we use to get to the state of concentration where that kind of effect is possible it is the same. So you left university a little while ago with a, a degree as a, as a doctor and, and as surgery as well, is that right? Uh, yeah, so it's a Bachelor of Medicine, Bachelor of Surgery. So uh, that's the sort of classical degree. Uh, so actually at Nottingham, you get two degrees whilst you're doing your medical degree. Uh, so I got a, a biomedical science degree uh, and my Bachelor's of Medicine, Bachelor's of Surgery, which is your kind of medicine degree, uh, which you then go and work as a doctor, obviously. Um but but interestingly, um, my my uh, dissertation that I did to get my sort of second degree uh, has been published quite a lot recently. It's all about infection prevention and control, which has become incredibly relevant. So um, yeah, I've seen a re- uh, I've seen a resurgence of uh, of that. There's another alternative career for you, Aaron. If ever, anything ever goes wrong. Oh yeah. Oh, I couldn't couldn't think of anything worse than being stuck in a lab right now researching. But uh... no, I can imagine. So was it an instant decision not to follow that traditional path? Um, into into uh, hospital or general practice? Not, at, not at all. So, you know, I graduated, I began working and very quickly I was working two full-time careers. The uh, the entertainment side particularly has rocketed uh, because I kind of set it up. I'd done a number of tours while I was at university, uh, which which helped with the student budget and the student loan uh, paying off. Uh, that, that money very quickly vanished at university as it does with students. Um, but I, I created a business model where I was able to do events, where I was able to tour a show, and so uh, and Channel 4 had just got in touch as well and they'd started talking about a project. And so I suddenly had this moment where, you know, if, if, I, if I'm working and I had a gig at seven o'clock and I'm working till five, because a lot of my cohort, you couldn't choose your days off. You couldn't choose your time off. If you wanted time off, you had to swap it with someone else, which meant that at some point they were going to recall that favor. Uh, you know, it was really difficult. But if someone walked in at five o'clock with a heart attack, I couldn't be like, oh, <laughs> sorry, guys, I'm, I'm just going to go and perform on stage all right got a uh, gig see you later yeah. you know it just the, the two careers weren't compatible uh, so at that point it was oh, what was it I was, I was 24 at that point and 25 uh yeah roughly about that 24 25 and i was like well i'm young enough now to go and pursue this entertainment side of things to pursue this whole idea yeah. of uh tv theater touring all of that and if i want to and all of that kind of doesn't work out, I can come back to medicine at this point, and I'm still young enough to have a good long life career in medicine as well. So it was kind of the perfect time for me to kind of step back while I had opportunities on the table and continue and escalate the sort of entertainment side as well. And that, you know, has grown exponentially over the past five years. And and you started a production company as well, I did, yeah. So I actually worked with um, 
kind of my business partner at the time, uh, Sam Fitton, uh, who's a magician. And we used to write shows together. We produced the shows. And so uh, when we started in the world of TV and talking to people, you needed to have a production company in order to be able to sort of get the conversations you kind of wanted to have. Um, that and we needed somewhere that could produce and hold the funds for theatre shows and TV and all of that jazz. So yeah, we created a production company. Um, and yeah, with that, we ended up producing uh, the um, with Wall to Wall, uh, which was part of Warner Brothers, the Channel 4 show. Uh, so Sam was actually one of the writers um, and co-sort co of um, contributors on that and i was the sort of talent yeah. and then the other co-writer for it as well so uh, that that was a program where we kind of took a couple um who were in a bit of a rut needed things shaking up and i erased their memories of one another and then we sent them on three dates two with completely random strangers each uh, and then one with each other and the idea was that at the end of the show they would choose uh, who they'd like to go on a second date with um which sounds a bit mental it's it could be a bit tricky, that, couldn't it, depending there on who they choose? There was a lot of conversation uh, about what would happen. You know, we had to have a show psychologist in and a counsellor that was ready to give them all the support they needed, uh, depending on what kind of option they chose. But the whole idea of it was it wasn't ever to break them up and it wasn't ever to, like, poke holes in their relationship. You know, it was genuinely designed to give them the experience of a first date all over again. You know, that was the whole original concept. Right. We wanted to help them recapture that magic. Um, but obviously with TV, yeah. you need a bit of jeopardy. So uh, throw in two other dates. But you also want to give them something to compare to. You know, you don't want to just send these two people back on a date. You know, it'll be pretty boring just listening to them talk about where are you from and what do you like to eat. You know, that, mm. that'd be pretty boring. So we wanted to try and throw a little bit of uh, something else in to, to give them something to compare it to. And did anybody choose the wrong person? Uh, so, so it was only it was a one-off special. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you can still go and watch it on Four OD. Uh, it's called Hello Stranger. Um, they they chose each other, and uh, I think you can actually hear really? uh, the, the well, you can't hear in their final program, but certainly in the edit I watch, you can hear the cameraman go, "Oh, thank fuck." Uh, I'm really sorry if you have to beat that out, but uh, that, that's exactly what I could hear behind my head. Um, but no, that that was great. But actually, when we were um, we had to film a proof of concept. I don't know if you you know much about TV, but just in a nutshell, yeah. you basically you go to a channel with an idea. The channel want to know that it's going to work, particularly something like hypnosis, where they probably yeah. don't have any past experience of it. Uh, so we had to prove that we got a couple, lovely couple, uh, and uh, it was a slightly different format back then, but they had their three dates. And yeah, at the end of it, it was like uh, they were married, and um, which added another line of jeopardy to it. Uh, so, yeah, we said to him, you know, who would you like to go on? And he picked his wife straight off. And uh, we said to her, and she was stuck between her husband, which she didn't know was a husband, and another guy. <laughs> and it took her a good three or four minutes. And at this point, it was super early on in the kind of process. And we had no conversations about what we would do if they didn't choose each other so uh yeah it was definitely a terrifying moment but uh luckily they chose each other and then in that version they actually watched the dates back together so that was painstaking wow. um, oh, but wow. yeah that, that never made it to the final format but uh, that's tv for you yeah that sounds um perfect for channel 4. oh yeah Perfect for Channel 4. Let's hope, let's hope they recommission it again in the future. Oh. Listen, right right, yeah, right yeah, now, Aaron, it's not the best time for live entertainment. Sadly for not. For obvious reasons. 
And I know you've got um, other sides to your business with prescription hypnosis. Yes. So can you talk a little bit about um, how you've pivoted away from doing live entertainment and, and what you're doing instead now? Yeah, so, I mean, I've been doing hypnotherapy since, you know, I basically qualified with it in uh, in medical school. And that has always been there at the sort of back burner. But the entertainment has definitely taken priority just because that's been quite busy. Uh, the, the prescription hypnosis has always kind of, it's not been, it's, it was never been left behind. I, I always have between one and two clients a week, which, which is enough because of what I was doing elsewhere. Um, but that has generally over the years continued to increase, obviously, as I've got more exposure with the TV stuff and some of the national campaigns that I've done, those inquiries have gradually crept up. And I'd now say on sort of a, pre-COVID-19 sort of business model that was kind of 50-50 you know I was seeing 50% of my business from the hypnotherapy and 50 from the entertainment side which was a nice balance obviously with the COVID-19 50% of my business collapsed uh, overnight actually while I was on honeymoon um so uh, yeah that was uh, that was a thrilling experience. congratulations thank you yeah we were we were really lucky you know I'm so happy that I've managed to get my wedding in uh, and I got part of the honeymoon and we did cut it short but uh you know very happy that we managed to do that I know a lot of the couples that I've got booked in for weddings this year have had to postpone and push back and, and my heart goes out to them because I know how gutted I would have felt if uh, mm. my wife and I would have had to do that as well um but uh, yeah, so overnight, kind of 50% of my business collapsed. Um, and so I turned to the prescription hypnosis because that is something that can still continue to run sort of during this time. So yeah. there's a couple of sides to that. So there's the obvious side, which is um, the hypnotherapy. So that is people who are looking to lose weight, to stop smoking, to deal with stress and anxiety, uh, fear of flying. Um, probably not as relevant right this minute but um, will be in the future when everything kind of resumes uh, so there are yep. things that people want to obviously change and adapt in their life uh, and that is kind of the direct sort of front of prescription hypnosis as it were there are other sides to it as well so i've just released seven days to help you beat stress which is a series of videos for seven days uh, designed to help you beat the stress of lockdown so covering uh, what stress is, uh, seven tips to relax. Uh, we've got all about anxiety uh, and more importantly and relevant to this one, how to minimize your stress whilst working from home as well. So those those are all on the website, prescriptionhypnosis.com forward slash beat dash stress. Uh, you can check out those seven days to help you basically de-stress. So that's, uh, you know, I come from a very um, sort of an NHS belief that sort of help and support and healthcare should be free and you should be entitled to that uh, and so I wanted to try and do my bit at this time when everyone's kind of feeling it uh, to put out some good quality content that's easily accessible to help people mm. uh, kind of de-stress and beat the things that are causing them trouble right now so uh, yeah so I put the server goes those videos um, and that's part of a sort of bigger plan that will kind of roll out um, and then the other side of it is the business side so uh, i consult a lot for mental health and anxiety within the office looking at generally how you can streamline your business to help support your staff and i think that's something that's becoming so much more increasingly important within this day and age um mm. there, there are many reasons for that we, we, we can go into them if you like but the, i you know i've definitely seen a surge uh, in anxiety particularly uh, and anxiety is one of those words that lots of people throw around but, mm. you know, we all have this sort of definition in our head as to what that is, but it affects more of us than we can ever realize. The difference is what it starts to affect in our everyday life as a and, and how we deal with it as opposed to just kind of 
being a panic attack, which is what many people associate with anxiety in general. At the moment with the pandemic that we're in, anxiety levels and stress levels are, are up everywhere. Absolutely. In, in, in the general public. But being in business, even at the best of times, as a business owner, being in business can be be challenging. Yeah. Um, as a business owner, it's quite a lonely place because you've got nobody else to hold you accountable. And quite often you've got members of, of staff that you're accountable for. You've yeah, got to make absolutely. Sure you've got enough money to pay their salary and your own family, of course. Um, so I can imagine that, you know, anxiety levels and stress levels amongst the business community and business owners in particular are a lot higher at the moment. One of the things that we've done as a, as a business is uh, we have a partnership with a counsellor and, and therapist and all of our clients oh, get the opportunity to go and see her um, or make an appointment to go and see them for a, an initial consultation free of charge Yeah, um, to see if it's something that they they would find useful. And we've had a number of people now take up that offer. So it's really interesting to hear about what you're doing with prescription hypnosis um, for business owners and people in business. Yeah, and I think it's something that, you know, classically, you know, you go back to, you know, 90s, 2000 even, and even the early 2010s, people, it was it was on the radar, but it was never something business owners really took seriously. You know, it was something as a population that we are still incredibly bad at talking about and being open about. And for for business owners particularly, particularly if you're running a small company, you know, I'm not big companies. There are totally different stresses. You know, there are stresses there, but you've normally got a team around you to support you. But it comes a lot with the kind of big decisions that you're making. That's where a lot of the anxiety comes from. When you're talking about sort of small to medium sized businesses, you do get a lot of added pressure because you're getting the pressure of feeling the impact that your decisions have directly on your employees, which is something in a large company you don't tend to think about. You think about the company as a whole. Whereas when you are working in a team of 10 or you are working in a team of 30, the decisions that you make that affect your profit for the year affect the employees as well. And it can be incredibly tough. So having something like yourself where you, you, you're offering out these opportunities to speak to a counsellor and speak to someone in the know that can help you understand and process those feelings and process your stresses, your anxieties is absolutely crucial. And that's at one level, you know, you've got small business owners where they're feeling the pressure, they're feeling the stress. And... Uh, and one way I describe stress and anxiety, stress and anxiety are very much linked. If you are stressed, your levels of anxiety are higher. So if you can bring down your stress, you'll help to bring down your anxiety as well. And if you think about kind of your energy as a battery, as you get stressed, that stress starts to drain your battery. And this happens daily. And it's not just through things that you'd expect for stress. So it isn't just work and it isn't just, you know, the big decisions you have to make that stresses you out. Everything you do during the day stresses you out. Eating causes stress to your body because it has to process that food. It eats up some of that energy. Exercising, hot showers, they all cause stress to the body that generally eat away that batteries. Obviously, mm. those things don't cause as much of a drain as, you know, a, a critical business decision that will drain you massively. And each day you need to be able to recharge that battery. And that's something we're not particularly good at, particularly now when we've got phones around, we've got all of these distractions, we take our emails home with us, particularly as a small business owner, you never ever switch off because there's a fear that you're going to miss out on something or there's a fear that you're going to miss an important email. You know, there's this sort of onus that you want to reply immediately in this kind of sort of world where everything is on demand. You know, if you can order anything now on Amazon and it arrives that day or the next day. So there is that pressure. Um, and so it's more important now that we do take time out of an evening, of a night time and during the day to actually help recharge that battery. So we're functioning at kind mm. of 100% and not just kind of oscillating around the 30% mark where, 
you know, we feel like we're on top of our stress, but actually we could actually get a lot more out of ourselves if we were functioning a lot higher. So part of it with business owners is is about that, is about sort of helping them deal with their stress and their anxiety and how to process and taking out time to relax. And then the other, the other side of it is looking after the staff in general, teaching them and uh, teaching the workplace how to adapt to help conversations with mental health to help the work team that the, the the workforce de-stress to deal with their emotions and their anxieties and i think you know pre-covid 19 that was a that was a big point because you know if you look at kind of a happy workplace versus productivity if you were in a happy workplace your productivity increases so i think there was, there was a study and on average it was three times uh, more revenue if your workplace was happy but less than 40 percent of workplaces uh, their workforce say that they are overall happy with their work. You know, for many of mm. us, it is the biggest cause of stress in our life. You know, this is pre-COVID-19. Right now, that's even more so. And I think for businesses going forward in the future, and a lot of the consulting that I'm doing at the moment, it's looking at what's going to be happening in the coming months, in the return to work. That's the important part. How are you going to tackle your team, your workforce's anxieties for that return to work? How are you supporting them now to help when inevitably they have to step back into that office. Yeah, that's really important. You know, a certain amount of pressure can be a good thing. You know, pressure quite often helps people to perform better. Absolutely. Somebody once somebody once said, you know, that you've you've made a good decision when it fills you with either um, fear or excitement. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, so we know that um, a certain amount of perturbation can 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 help people to push through and move forwards. But you mentioned that word fear earlier and and fear for us is one of the things that holds a lot of business owners back from doing things in business you know yeah. fear for us always stands for false expectations appearing real it's you know fear is just um your mind's way of saying be aware be mm-hmm. cautious be aware it's not telling you not to do something but quite often it stops people from doing things yeah. so being able to work through that with the services that you provide is is fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, you, you did touch on something there that is absolutely true. Stress is a natural body response that's designed to help get you ready for action. It's designed to yeah. help you get you ready to make the decisions you need to make, to stand up and deliver a talk, to play that perfect sports game. It is a natural way to get our bodies and our brains ready to perform, whatever that is, ready to make those decisions. But when you get to a level of chronic stress where that stress never quite goes away, you never get back on top of it and it's there in the background chronically for a long period of time, that's when we start to see problems. Uh, You know, it's not just sort of problems with increased anxiety and problems with mental health and mood and depression. You know, you can start, you increase your risk of having a heart attack, of having a stroke. Your brain actually shrinks. Your ability to learn and retain information decreases as well. You know, chronic stress actually has a physiological impact on your body as well as a mental one. What's the websites that people need to look at? Yeah, so uh, entertainment-wise is aaroncalvert.com. That hosts all the uh, corporate event stuff that I do, all the training that I do on body language. That's helping you form relationships and looking at how you can master your own body language and read and interpret other people's. So that's aaroncalvert.com. The uh, Prescription Hypnosis website is prescriptionhypnosis.com. That is looking at the mental health. So it's the hypnotherapy side, but also looking at supporting your workforce, dealing with stress and anxiety. And of course, you can catch these seven days of free videos to help you beat stress in lockdown at prescriptionhypnosis.com forward slash beat 
for uh, dash stress. Brilliant. We'll uh, make sure that all that goes into the description underneath the podcast as well. So if you're listening to this and you want to get those details, just have a look at the description. There'll be links there for you to click on. So what's next for you, Aaron? You know, we've talked about what other business owners are doing to prepare for the next stage and, and exiting lockdown and getting their employees back to work. What's next for Aaron Calvert? What's next for me? Uh, that is a good question. At the moment, I, I mean, I've got a board that's right on the right-hand side of me that's full of a to-do list um, that I'm currently working my way through. But uh, my biggest focus right now is supporting that workforce on the return to work. So I'm just in the process of creating some content uh, for business owners to watch, but also to distribute out to their employees to help them with that sort of transition uh, back to work, uh, to help beat those anxieties. And also uh, how you sort of deal with you know genuine concerns of the workforce not wanting to come back to the office through fear. Uh, obviously of of an infection Uh, and the practical side obviously I mentioned my kind of infection control background I'm looking at how to prepare the office for that as well so that's a big chunk of my time that's taken up at the moment Um, and then going on from that I'm you know I'm excited ready and waiting for the entertainment industry to sort of bounce back and I can get back on stage and and do my thing there as well but uh, right now I'm 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 just creating a lot of content that that is free for people to access because I think right now as a a population we all kind of need to come together to make the best of what to come absolutely well i'm really looking forward to seeing you on stage again aaron it was absolutely superb the last time we thank saw you. you thank you very much for your time today it's been uh, it's been really interesting speaking to you um just again that's aaroncalvert.com and prescriptionhypnosis.com if you want to have a look at uh, aaron's websites aaron thank you very much for your time good luck thanks for having me on Yo, you're more than welcome and we look forward to speaking to you again in the near future take care great speak to you soon take care thank you